This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health Podcast. Here's Bill Klaproth. As a person gets older, it's common to have some sort of joint pain, especially in the knees and hips. So let's talk about knee and hip pain and find out what are the treatment options available with Dr. Nassim Beachman, an orthopedic surgeon at Dignity Health. Dr. Beachman, thank you so much for your time. It is great to talk with you. So I know knee and hip pain is very common, as I mentioned. Who is most at risk to get knee and hip pain? Well, it's usually a couple of patient populations. One is kind of the young, what we call weekend warrior, right? 30, 40-year-old male or female who aspires to be their 18, 19-year-old self again and goes out on the weekend and does some of the CrossFit activities that we see or Ironman or playing some pickup sports and finds out quickly that they don't have the same 18 or 19-year-old tissue that they once have and can suffer an injury to both the knee and back. And I would say the other kind of patient population that we routinely see is patients who are 65 and older who kind of start to have some of the degenerative changes to their joints like osteoarthritis. And so those are kind of the two main populations and patients that are kind of at risk. One, those who are athletes who are in their middle age category and patients who are elderly in age and are starting to get some of the degenerative changes in their joints. Right. So in either camp, the weekend warrior or people that are over 65 and entering into that arthritis phase, if you will, when should we go see an orthopedist? I would hope most patients have a pretty good relationship with their primary care physician. And if you don't have one, you should make sure you you have a good one because we work very closely with the primary care doctors. And for the most part, the first doctor you should kind of give a call is your primary care physician. And they will usually assess you. And if they assess that whatever issue you have is something that will likely not get better with a little icing and rest and may require the expertise of an orthopedic surgeon, then they'll usually refer you. I will say, in my experience, most of the things that we see kind of aches and pains better in about six weeks or so, right? So if you've done something where you twisted your knee or your back kind of goes out and you kind of give it some time and it's getting close to four to six weeks after you've done something and it's not significantly better, that generally is something that needs to probably be assessed by either your primary care doctor or an orthopedic surgeon. So say you're at the six-week mark, it's not getting better, so you go in and have it checked and it's diagnosed and there is something wrong. What are the treatment options available then? What is the progression of treatment? Sure. So usually we'll kind of start with your run-of-the-mill radiograph or x-ray. That's just a test that's looking at the bones. And based upon the relationships of those bones, we can make determinations about what's going on in the joints. And obviously, we're looking for fractures and things of those nature. Now, we also will do a very thorough physical exam and make sure that the joints that are stable and that there's no kind of neurological symptoms or reflex problems, because those could be indicative of a much more serious problem. Then if we kind of see something on those tests that are more worrisome, then we can get MRIs and scans and stuff like that. I will say, just to kind of put people at ease, most of the time when you go to your doctor or your surgeon, you're not going to end up needing surgery, right? I think there's some fear about going to see an orthopedic surgeon because that surgeon word is in there and you think, if I go see the surgeon, he's going to tell me I need surgery. I don't want surgery. So most of the people I see don't need surgery. And if you have ache or pain but are anxious about having something aggressive done about it. Remember, you get to make the decision about what 
treatments get done, we just give you as much information as possible. So those are kind of the next steps. We get a few of the basic tests and run some exams and go from there. So good to hear that most of the time surgery won't be needed. So then generally physical therapy will take care of these types of injuries? Absolutely. We have a great relationship with our physical therapists and people sometimes think of physical therapy and say, hey, you know, I'm a pretty active person. I walk, I get on the elliptical. I don't need therapy. I don't know what that's going to do. We send our professional athlete patients to physical therapy. Physical therapy is not about being in shape. It's about exercising, stretching, working out and stimulating particular muscle groups around particular joints to get your joint better and to get your pain better. They do massage therapy. They do ultrasound. They do all kinds of innovative therapies to kind of help with your pain and your soreness and your swelling and your stiffness. And so, yeah, physical therapy is one of the tools that we use. There are medications that we can prescribe that can help you get back faster that are not necessarily narcotics or anything like that, but kind of anti-inflammatory and pain-relieving medications. There are injections that we may use. So there are all kinds of non-surgical modalities at our disposal to help get you back to being active and relieve the pain that you're having. Okay, so that's really good to know. So if a more invasive procedure is needed, you talked about injections, even medications, and then I would imagine surgery at times is the necessary treatment option. Is that right? Absolutely. There are just some things in the body that unfortunately don't heal very well. If you're a younger athlete and you tear your ACL, unfortunately, that's not a ligament that heals very well on its own. And so we've developed over the years very sophisticated procedures to give you a new ACL or to give you a brand new knee when your knee starts to get arthritic. We have knee replacements at our disposal where you can implant a brand new knee. And so technology's come a long way. A lot of these things are surgeries we've been doing for decades and are tried and true and have a very good result. But once again, they're kind of usually our last resort. There are very few things that you walk into your orthopedist office outside of really bad broken bones where we kind of say, all right, we're going to go straight to the operating room here. We usually try some other things first. And then if we don't get the success or results we're looking for, that's when we'll attempt surgical modalities. And we have some very good, safe operations at our disposal. And that is comforting to know. So for people that might be nearing that 65 age range and arthritis is starting to set in, is there a way to help prevent arthritis? Absolutely. Now, look, there are things that I like to say are things that we can control and things that we can't control, right? Unfortunately, you don't get to necessarily choose who your genetic parents are, right? There is a genetic predisposition to some of these things, and that is unfortunately something that you can't control. But there are a lot of modifiable factors, one of them being smoking, right? So if you smoke, your chance for having pretty bad arthritis as you get older goes up. And so that's something, if that's a habit you've picked up over the years, now as good as any time is a good time to quit. Your weight goes into how bad arthritis can be. We've looked at patients who are morbidly obese, who are whether 50, 75, 100 pounds overweight, and their chances of having bad arthritis go way up. Keeping your weight low. Vitamin D, calcium. So there are some supplements that we get in our diet and through medication that can strengthen our remaining cartilage to kind of keep the risk of our arthritis down. And then there are certain exercises that we can do to strengthen the muscles around the joint to take stress off the joint to prevent arthritis from progressing. And those usually involve lower impact exercises like yoga and swimming and exercise 
bicycles as opposed to kind of running and jumping, which can be very stressful on the joint. So having a diet that's high in vitamin D and calcium, quitting smoking, keeping your weight low and remaining active lifestyle, those are all things that in the long term can help you significantly with your arthritis. And then unfortunately, if you have a family where there's arthritis everywhere, your chances of having it are just going to be a little bit higher than people who don't. Right. So that's why it's even more important to follow those steps. Quit smoking, watch your weight, pay attention to vitamin D and calcium, and should really start doing those low-impact aerobic-type yoga exercises. Those always help. Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. Well, Dr. Beachman, this has really been interesting and fascinating. Many of us are dealing with knee and hip pain, so this is really an important topic. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. No problem, Bill. It's been a pleasure. That's Dr. Nassim Beachman. And for more information, please visit DignityHealth.org slash Merced slash ortho. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.